Hi everyone, welcome to Seche Talks, the new podcast for the Cesar E. Chavez Center for Higher Education. My name is Sam, I am your local friendly neighborhood SJL, social justice leader, and this episode's going to be interesting to say the least. Last Friday I had a chance to talk to Henry, one of the SJLs over at the API Student Center, the Asian Pacific Islander Student Center, and we had a really great conversation that unfortunately the audio has been corrupted by the Anchor app. I listened to it this morning to make sure it was all ready to go. Um, When I first started, the audio was fine. Then I guess some point between then and now the file got corrupted. And so it sounds like we're constantly talking over each other because I guess it pushed forward Henry's voice. So he'll be talking and answering a question, and then I'll be asking him the question after he's already started answering it. I swear I didn't talk over him that much when we were actually recording. But I wanted to keep this audio because we had a really good conversation. We had several really good conversations. And I wanted to make sure to highlight those. So with the audio that I was able to salvage, what's going to be happening is... I'm going to splice that in between clips of me talking right now to hopefully give you the backstory and understanding of the conversation. So that way, it's more or less understandable. My gramps has this uh, saying, I guess it's Murphy's Law, uh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. (laughs) It felt like very applicable to this. But at the same time, life is about rolling with said punches and making the best out of the situation. So the best out of the situation is I'm going to get really good with editing by the end of this video. I mean, podcast, golly, it's finals week. I can't speak. So with all that said, I just want to start with a disclaimer, as usual, that Secha Talks is a COVID-19 free zone. We feel that you can pretty much see anything about the virus anywhere else you look and that there aren't a lot of opportunities to tune that out. So this is really a chance to tune out the virus and tune into the community of the cultural centers. And we are so happy to be able to collab with the API Center with this one because, I don't know, talking to Henry, I realized there are a lot of similarities between the Latinx culture and Asian culture. I mean... Within each culture, there are, of course, different um, countries which have their own cultures. But core values and basics like that really are the same. And growing up as a Latina in uh, a majority Asian city, it's something that I noticed a lot as a kid. Like with my family and my community around me. But I thought that was just like a my family thing. (laughs) Working at the center has taught me that it's really a cultural core value of family and community, and that's something that I got with Henry, too. So with that said, I'm going to tune into Henry's first audio clip. We were talking about how May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and he talks a little bit about learning um, how to... Tune in more to your mental health and the importance of that because there is a stigma around mental health, especially within the Asian male community. 
So that said, here's Henry's first audio clip. Um, Let's see what's next. It's mental positive news. Do you have any positive news? Anything cool happen? Uh, it's gonna be like my first time because it was like it wasn't until this year when I was exposed to mental health. So it's it's definitely very different knowing mm-hmm. what I've known, experienced what I've experienced till now, and like being a part of the month and like seeing all these resources like very uplifting. And um yeah, and especially with the circumstances we are in now, there's a lot of like people posting all this like sharing and stuff and it's really it's really great all the positivity being spread. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like how people are because there's such a stigma around mental health. Especially in different cultures. And I like the idea of breaking the stigma and being able to talk openly with people about it because even if it's something like at home we're not always the most comfortable like discussing it. The more we share and about stuff like really, that, I feel like eventually we'll be really able to does come from like word of mouth. Um like I like going to caps or um talking about mental health like it was not something that I ever thought about um until our graduate assistant Libby he mentioned that he was breaking the stigma by like practicing what he preaches you know like how can you give advice about mental health to others if you don't receive help yourself in that type of way and that really inspired me and especially being what Asian males um there is like within the Asian community is like, oh, just bottle in all your emotions and everything. And that's definitely not healthy. Um, so I'm just really trying to be an example, I guess. Um, just, hey, caps, you know, it's, it's great. Um, and sharing that resources with my friends and stuff. There's no one in the world that you spend more time with than yourself if you think about that. So why shouldn't you like be friends with yourself? You know? And like embracing what you like your quote unquote flaws. Um, I think I remember hearing something that's like in it's like uh words. I don't have words. Um not history, but like Japanese culture. There's um, they say that you're born with the face of someone that really loved you in your previous life. So why would you not like how you look? Because in your previous life, someone really liked, like really loved you that much that they took on your face. And like, regardless if that's true or not, I don't know. But it's, it just kind of like makes you think a little bit like there's this one person out there that loves you for who you are. So you should love yourself. And like, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. <sighs> All right, what's next? That's how this works. <laughs> You're getting in the spirit. That's great. I love the, I love, um, Yes. I want to say like the idea, but I love the practice. That's what I was thinking. The practice of um, practice what you preach. And I like that you got it from it really like, like community. You got it from my perspective on everything. someone within um, the center. And then 
that kind of really like using this this social distancing to kind of really um, explore myself, not not explore, like um, understand myself more and like understand what my body needs and everything, and really kind of be more in touch with myself without like all the havoc, the daily havoc of school, work and everything. Um, having this time alone is actually, being like alone with your thoughts, you know, like I think it's been a really great, ex- okay, it's, it's it's a good experience. Like I'm trying to like mm-hmm. turn the negative into a positive, like, you know. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned a lot about myself during this social distancing um for better yeah most definitely um because most of the time i kind of like a thought like last week like no matter who you talk to online or who you call the majority of your time like every day you're going to be spending with yourself so why shouldn't you be comfortable with yourself you know so you know that's a lot of self-love there like I said earlier, I think Henry made several important points. The first one I can think of is the idea of practicing what we preach. We talk a lot about wellness and mental health and things like that at the center because there's a stigma around mental health, especially within marginalized communities. And so we do things like Mindfulness Mondays and we try to have different wellness events. And we encourage these But it made me realize that while I was also advocating for these things and telling people about the different programs we had revolving around it, I didn't really practice any of it myself. So when we first started the idea for the podcast, I knew I wanted to do self-care corner because it's another way to get the idea of taking care of yourself and these different resources for wellness and mental health, but also kind of a way to keep me accountable for it. I've never really been one to schedule out my day and schedule out time for myself. And especially right now at this time, I still haven't. But since working at the center and especially since starting this podcast, I've noticed that I've been doing smaller things kind of to take care of myself. So I think that was an important discussion. Another thing I really focused on that Henry said is the idea that the person we're going to spend the most time with is ourselves. So we really need to like ourselves and love ourselves. That's something with people with self-esteem issues, confidence issues. It ties into so many different mental health discussions. And I just thought that was really powerful and it really stuck out to me when he said it the first time and then re-listening to it to put this together. That's definitely something that stuck out. So I I don't know, I just think maybe we should reflect on that for a second. The idea of loving ourselves because we're the person we're going to be spending the most time with. So while this was our short discussion talking about mental health, and we do get back into mental health a bit, a little bit later. 
we decided for our main discussion, we wanted to talk about representation in media. So Henry talked about different Asian representation in the media that we see, and then my parts were mainly cut out, but I will still chime in with different forms of Latinx representation we see. So this is starting off with talking about Asian representation. So how we feel about how our identities are represented in media, like what reps currently exist and I what would we want to see and what would we like people to stop Asian, doing? Like there's always those uh, stereotypes you see in the in media, most definitely. Um, it's always going to be that one token Asian person, really like smart or something. Or I don't know. Is is it really like for some like we're like really fortunate to be in California, right? We're like it's so diverse. It's such a diverse bubble. Um, but I do have some relatives like in Idaho. I used to live in Idaho for a year. Um, when I, mm-hmm. I was once like second grade. Um, I didn't really understand color at the time. Like, I was just a kid. Everyone else was a kid. We were just having fun. But, like, looking back at it, like, I was one, like, every, like, every ten children is, like, two colored children. Um, but, like, you know, as a kid, you don't really grasp, um, color. I guess, or at least I wasn't raised in that way. Like I just saw it equally, which I was fortunate enough. Like um, having moved a lot, I had to really um, uh, I don't make make friends or like or going like moving around a lot really helped socially. I guess. where was it going with this? I don't know. Oh, what? What was the question? <laughs> um, media. I found what Henry said about growing up in areas that aren't as diverse as California. What, what he said about that was interesting because I've lived in the same city here in Southern California all my life. I live in a heavily Asian-influenced city but I'm right next to East LA, so I also have like the Latinx inspiration and influence from over there. So it's like a joke with people from a city where after school, people would sell boba, spamasubi, they would sell that for fundraisers. And then if you wanted, you could just drive five minutes towards East LA and get a pan dulce. Like, when I first came to college, I had, like, I was so blown away by the fact that nobody was selling boba and spam lasubi for fundraisers. These were things I could get on a weekly, if not daily, basis. Somebody would be selling them. And when I came to college, people were instead selling trudos and uh, pizza and... Uh, not what I was used to. I I didn't know where I could go to get boba for three years on campus. 
And that was a huge adjustment for me because I'm so used to be able to get to hop on over and grab different foods from different cultures. And it was just a completely new experience. And I realized that I'm lucky that I got to grow up in Southern California where there's so much diversity that I was able to meet people from all sorts of different cultures and things like that because there are other parts in the country that are very much just one predominant culture, like Henry was saying about Ohio. And I don't know, I found that interesting. In the next part, he talks a little bit about growing up in these areas and people only knowing you and your culture from what they see on TV. It's just a little um, frustrating um, when people like interact with you and your only knowledge about your ethnicity is from the TV, um, and most of which is not true, or not not like. It's like far from the truth. Um, like, I would like watch like old movies and shows. Okay, oh, good, take your time. They, they really get away with a lot of things. It's kind of like crazy, like rewatching it, knowing like how everything is now. Like, I'm not surprised some people like kind of have these assumptions. Like, it's if you grew up watching like TV, like. I'm not surprised, like, because that stuff back then was not filtered at all, and it would be like PG-13. It's a little ridiculous, but, um, yeah. A lot of the media is based off of harmful stereotypes, especially the older the media is. And so in the next part, Henry and I talk a little bit about especially comedians who would use those stereotypes to sort of break into the show business. And growing up listening to these comedians, and the older you get, the more the stereotypes hurt in a way. But at the same time, there's parts of it you find funny because it's a thing within cultures to kind of have our shared jokes about ourselves. But at the same time, when comedians use these jokes, sometimes this is how people actually see us. I think one um, yep. kind of actor comedian that I really enjoyed growing up watching with is Bobby Lee. Um, and I still like, he has a podcast and stuff, I still listen to it, but like, mm-hmm. as a comedian, he really had to kind of make fun of himself to kind of climb the ladder to get to where he is now. Because that's what the culture was like back then. Um, you know, like, oh, I got small eyes, um, rice, uh, I eat cat dogs. I don't know. It's like all these ridiculous stuff. Um, and kind of like, I don't know, watching it, rewatching it now, like, it kind of, it does hurt a little bit. Um, but I can't lie when I say it's a little funny. But at the same time, it's like, it's not. It shouldn't be, but it is. The idea that there are certain things that within a culture you can joke about 
but others outside that culture can't. Felt like a gray area to both me and Henry. Because it's one thing for us to joke with each other, knowing that we're joking. And another thing for people from outside of that community to come in and start making those jokes. When, historically speaking, those jokes have been made by members outside of the community in a negative and often derogatory way. My comedian that I had ended up talking about was Carlos Mencia. My dad would play his comedy on his iPod when we would be on long drives. Just me and him. My mom wasn't really a fan. And... I remember listening to these when I was a kid and thinking they're hilarious because Carlos Mencia is pretty funny. But the older I get, the more of his jokes that I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, I just, I don't know how to explain it. Um, Some of his jokes, because it was a different time, he plays off of the stereotypes associated with Latinx culture, especially Mexicans, because he's Mexican. But he has this thing where he says, and hey, I'm not discriminating, because don't worry, I'm going to make fun of every single one of you. If you're not laugh, if you're laughing right now, you're not going to be laughing in a bit when it's your turn. And I love, I love Carlos Mencia's jokes. I sometimes will text my dad, like, just one of them, because he has a joke about the Budweiser frog and how it takes three frogs to say one word because he was talking about the Taco Bell Chihuahua and how people were upset about the Taco Bell Chihuahua. Um, And so I listened to these jokes, but at the same time, there's this voice or feeling in the back of your head where this is how people see us sometimes. And how do we reconcile the fact that these are things that we enjoy and that these are jokes we find funny with that constant reminder that someone out there, that's all they think of us as. There was a show called Cristela, which had starred a comedian, Cristela Alonso, as she was going through, I want to say she was an intern at a law office because she was taking her bar exam. And... She's the only Latina in the office, and her boss is a stereotypical conservative white male who's always making jokes kind of at her expense, not intentionally trying to be mean, but he thinks that's just how you talk to those people, as he would put it. And at one point, he looks at her and says, yeah, I need my floor done. He's like, looking at her and she goes what you think I know somebody you think because I'm Mexican that somebody in my family does floors and my favorite movie is La Bamba and he just keeps looking at her she goes my brother-in-law has a flooring company and my favorite movie is La Bamba and my whole family laughed hysterically but at the same time that's a thing people just assume so how do we go with the fact that this is a heavy stereotype against us, but also within our own cultures, talking to people from our communities, we know it's a joke, so we find it funny. It's this gray area that 
I don't think any of us truly know how to navigate. So that was just an interesting point of conversation that we had. The next part, we're talking about shows that we grew up with, with representation. This part's definitely got chopped out a bit. There was one line where you could understand, and then Henry talked a while about the George Lopez show, and all of that got lost. So I'm just going to play the audio and then come back and explain what we we're talking about. I, I feel like growing up, like, watching TV was kind of like my third parent. Like, I learned a lot of, like, life lessons and values, like, through TV. Mm-hmm. Kind of like those shows that kind of break those boundaries and, like, those stereotypes. Like, the one that really pops up in my head, like, growing up was, uh, was George Lopez. The George Lopez show. So, when talking about the George Lopez show, we talked about how we both grew up with it. It's on Nick at Night. You know, how just hearing Lowrider brings back this wave of nostalgia, even when it's out of context. Like, my grandparents will be driving and we'll be listening to the radio and all of a sudden it'll play. And my grandparents start singing along because it's Lowrider. You know, it's they grew up with... They didn't grow up with the song, but they knew the song when it came out. And I'm singing along because it's the George Lopez theme. (laughs) And how the show kind of brings us back this nostalgia. But it was a hilarious show that taught us a lot of different lessons about life. It managed to be unintentionally educational while also being comedic. And how there are a couple shows like that. My Wife and Kids, The Carmichael Show, um, The Neighborhood is a new one with um, Max Greenfield and Cedric the Entertainer, where a white family moves into a predominantly black neighborhood, and they're pretty clueless about certain things and how they genuinely want to learn how to you know, not be so unbelievably privileged and how to check themselves. And it's a great show. It's hilarious while also bringing attention things that people who are allies may not really realize that they say and do. So the next part, we started talking about shows that we started watching that we didn't realize actually have a lot of really great representation. So in talking about the George Lopez show, we talked about how we both grew up with it. It's on Nick at Night. You know, how just hearing Lowrider brings back this wave of nostalgia, even when it's out of context. Like, my grandparents will be driving and we'll be listening to the radio and all of a sudden it'll play. And my grandparents start singing along because it's Lowrider. You know, it's they grew up with they didn't grow up with the song, but they knew the song when it came out. And I'm singing along because it's the George Lopez theme. <laughs> and how the show kind of brings us back this nostalgia. But it was a hilarious show that taught us a lot of different lessons about life. 
it managed to be unintentionally educational while also being comedic. And how there are a couple shows like that, My Wife and Kids, The Carmichael Show, um, The Neighborhood is a new one with um, Max Greenfield and Cedric the Entertainer, where a white family moves into a predominantly black neighborhood, and they're pretty clueless about certain things and how they genuinely want to learn how to, you know, not be so unbelievably privileged and how to check themselves. And it's a great show. It's hilarious while also bringing attention things that people who are allies may not really realize that they say and do. So the next part we started talking about shows that we started watching that we didn't realize actually have a lot of really great representation. Kim's Convenience. It's on Netflix. I, I, I didn't really realize it, but the entire I've heard of it. Predominantly, like, Asian. Um, and it's funny because there's... Uh, you know how there's always a token like Asian person or to- token like black person or token like Latino person. Like in Kim's convenience is like a there's a token white person, like token like a white girl to like like is is really funny, like like mm-hmm. you'll be like eating or something and she would just say something that's just like so like left field. And like so this is kinda it's kind of like a role reversal type of thing. And it's like, it's like, huh, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's like being on the other end, you know? So having like a show like that, it kind of, it's like, oh, there's a there's faith uh, in future TV. This is some quality TV right here. Like this is better than like 80% of, stuff, 80% of the stuff on Netflix, I'm gonna be honest. Like, Oh, it's funny to like learn like it's not you don't learn but like there's a lot of like life lessons morals and like it's really like wholesome it's really but also it's pretty funny at the same time um and then um yeah i think like shows like that just like a couple like they're not there's not a lot you know so while henry's example was kim's convenience mine was actually spy kids I loved the movies growing up. I think I've seen every Spy Kids movie at least five times. I'm pretty sure I've seen the third one at least ten because that was my favorite and I will stand by that. (laughs) I know it wasn't the best one, but it was still my favorite. But Alexa Vega, the little girl in um, Spy Kids, I mentioned it in this and it's kind of Henry reacting to it, but now she's the star of and the writer, actually, of a couple Hallmark movies, which my grandma told me. And so it made me think about Spy Kids, and that's when I realized there is oh, there are a lot of Latinx cast members in that. The first movie has Machete just show up out all of the blue, like, oh, we need to call our family. Let's just call in Uncle Machete. And I think Cheech Marine was in it, too. And the more I think about it, I was like, that was a 
I think there are more Latinx cast members in that movie than I remembered. Because for a movie from 2001, to have, like, Machete and Cheech Marine in this silly little kids movie, I don't know, it really stuck out to me. But, stuck, stood out, I said stuck. <laughs> it stood out to me. And so, also, this is me telling Henry that I remember this because my grandma and I were talking about how the little girl from Spike Kids married one of the guys from Big Time Rush, and so that just started a whole conversation about the two of them and how they're representing Latinx culture in different movies now. Alexa Peña Vega, the, the sister in the movie? Wait, no way. She married one of the guys from Big Time Rush. Wait, no way. Yeah, she married Carlos from Big Time Rush. Yeah, I'm telling you, they uh they combined their last names, so now they're the Peña Vegas instead of Alexa Vega and Carlos Peña. And they have, like, two kids. They're living the dream in Hawaii. They're honestly living their best lives, and they're starring in Hallmark movies together. I think, I want to say they're, like, the first two Latinx um, actors to, like, star in a Hallmark movie or something like that. And my grandma was like, those two look so familiar, but I can't place either one of them. So I was like, okay, remember Big Time Russ? She's like, yeah. I'm like, remember the one with the helmet? That's him. She goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, remember Spy Kids? She's like, yeah. I'm like, the little girl, that's her. Like, explain it to my grandma. <laughs> it was just... I didn't even watch these movies. It made me so happy. That's... That's... It, but that's, yeah, they're actually great. married that's, in real life. I, wow. I'm just waiting for the the new Spike Kids coming out. <laughs> Hopefully, um, they uh, rebrand it or something. I don't know. I thought it was something interesting to share, especially because I've grown up with my mom and my grandma watching Hallmark movies for so many years. And those movies... My gramps, my dad, and I all say the same thing. Those movies are notoriously white. They're mainly casting white people um, in everything. They also reuse like the same eight actors and three movie plots. But they're known for being the Hallmark Channel, you know, making these movies and cranking out like seven new Christmas movies a year. And I grew up watching these, and my gramps always be the first person to say, why aren't there any Latinx in there? But as my grandma keeps watching these, I've noticed more and more they're slowly getting a bit more diverse. It was cool seeing these two people I grew up with because I loved Big Time Rush as a kid. I still do. (laughs) And I loved Spy Kids as a kid. And seeing these two people that I grew up with now they're they're starring in movies together. It's kind of written in the contract that they have to be in movies together. They're writing these movies together, and it's really cool seeing that, so I thought I should mention it because I loved that. But with all that said, that was the end of our conversation about representation in media. 
We're almost done. We just have self-care corner left. All right, so now we're moving into self-care corner. So last time I talked about how music is a big part of my family and like what I, I have a playlist that I listen to when I'm having a bad day and kind of just need to laugh it off and get back into a positive mood. So I have two questions for you. One's related to that. Do you have any specific songs or um, artists that you turn to when you need to pick me up? Um, anything that I can sing to, like sing along to, I, um, my go-to songs would be uh, what you say, Jason Derulo. That's such a classic. I grew up on that song. Um, I like Panic at a Disco, Fall Out Boys. Like all those, uh, um, I guess, nostalgic songs growing up. Uh, really, before what I understood what a simp mm-hmm. was, you know, back then. Um, yeah, just those nostalgic songs that I just sing along, kind of just reminisce a little bit. Those really help me out. The second question that I asked Henry was inspired by the social isolation and the self-quarantine. I've been spending a lot of time at home, namely all of my time at home, and I realized that as someone who used to take the bus for about two hours a day to get to and from school, I had that time to just recharge and be to myself, I could read a book, I could listen to a podcast, you know, different things where I'm somebody who needs to have my own time just by myself to recharge or everything starts to get overwhelming. And I noticed that because I'm home now, trying to balance classes and work and general, like helping out around the house and things like that, I haven't really had that time, like, because you're home, so your family's like, okay, cool, so you're, you're good, you don't have stuff to do, you can hang out with us more, and trying to explain that I, I do have stuff, and then also I need a little time to myself, because I'll be in my room and my grandparents will be like, Samantha, aren't you gonna come watch TV with us? And they're doing it out of love, so you can never be upset with that. But also, for mental health's sake, everyone needs that safe space for just them. So, this is me asking Henry what he does to just have that time alone. So, how are you creating a safe space, like a boundary? Um, Give yourself your own little personal space. during. kind of find just going on a walk. Like when everything is like kind of overwhelming, just go and walk and just explore the neighborhood, see what's new. Um, I remember specifically, I, well, I remember I kind of just got lost within my neighborhood because kind of like a pace. And then I was like observe you know, my surroundings, like, you know, like I live here, but I don't really know my area. I mean, I because I rent a house near school. Um, and then I'd see, like, on, like, sidewalks and stuff, like, little kids would, like, mm-hmm. would be, like, drawing stuff with chalk. And they'd, like, write messages, like, oh, smile, or 
be a good person today. And I'm like, it's like really uplifting in the fact that these kids are like writing these messages. Like, you know, it really gets you thinking because, you know, there's stuff like innocent, you know. Um, and it was really uplifting that I remember that one specifically. Um, and it was just a really great way for me to kind of, uh, was it, yeah, just unstressed and mellow out my mind. I like that. You're just like mm-hmm. taking some time, but also still taking stuff in. That's cool. I like that. So my answer to this was I'm trying to make my own space by actually like making up my own space. For four years, I didn't have my own room. And so I I got my own room in January, but with school and commuting and everything, I never really did anything with it except sleep in it. But I decided that I want my room to be a reflection of me, you know? I want the space where I go to decompress and relax to be a reflection of the person inside of it. You know, I, I'm not a person for just four blank white walls. That's just not me. I'm organized chaos <laughs> in the best way. You know, I want... There's minimalism. I want... I don't want minimalism. I want a wall of bookshelves packed with books... I want my bed covered in stuffed animals because I love stuffed animals. I want fake plants, all of it, where people are going to walk in and be like, how do you know where things are? But it, it's a tidy explosion of my personality. And so slowly but surely, I've been working on that. And I think that it helps. I have two of my... Three, four, I think I have three bookshelves. Three bookshelves in my room. I'm going to press them against one wall. I have tapestries that I've had and never put up. I have art prints and things like that. And I'm super excited for this. And I was telling Henry this because I think it's important for the spaces we have to be reflective of who we are. And he had a response to that. Because there is, like, how you said it, it does welcome in, like, a certain type of energy, you know, that feng shui. Um, and I really, yeah, I really, like, agree with you. Like, your room should be, like, a little piece of you, most definitely. And considering, like, you're spending a lot, like, everyone's spending a lot of time at home, like, you should feel... If you don't feel like comfortable in your own room, like there's something going on, because you're gonna you're gonna be in that room for who knows how long. As well, yeah. Yeah, it's like if I'm spending a lot of time here. Um, and yeah, it does well really kind of reflect. I want to spend a lot of time. Pers- like personalities and stuff. Um, I told you about yeah. I know you got finals. I know I got finals <laughs> and assignments. So seriously, thanks for coming. It was awesome having you on the podcast and just getting to talk to you. I got to learn a lot about you in this, I think, and that was really cool. It was really fun. I It was great not having to think about 
engineering, engineering. Um, but now I have to think about it now. All right. The grind. Yeah, I'll see you. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. It was awesome. Good luck, by the way, with your finals. You too. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. So that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I know this wasn't the most conventional episode. Um, I do feel better about editing now since I did go back and forth between clips. I wish you all had been able to hear the full conversation because unfortunately some of it got lost. It just wasn't coherent at all um, because of the audio problems. But we live and we learn and we roll with the punches. I'm glad that I was able to salvage as much as Henry's audio as I could because it, it shows just how much he was able to say. You can only imagine what we were talking about and how much how much insight he gave in the rest of the episode. So thank you to Henry from the APISC for stopping by for the podcast. I really like talking to you. It was great. Don't forget to go follow the Asian Pacific Islander Center on Instagram. I believe it is CPP APISC. Everyone over there is absolutely amazing, just like everyone in the other culture centers, OSLCC. I think the community in general for cultural centers is just awesome. And Henry was my first guest from a different cultural center to join. And it was great. It was really fun. Hopefully someday the Anchor app will cooperate and not mess up the audio. But regardless, thank you so much for everyone for watching. I watching, listening. Finals week is on my brain right now. And speaking of finals, I hope you all do a great job. I believe in all of you, but make sure to take those much needed study breaks and take care of yourselves during this. You are all doing amazing and I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much and I'll See you, listen to you, talk to you. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye.